Suzanne Legrand, today speaking with Acer Salmon, who is a writer, Emmy-nominated producer, and author of the book The Wrong End of the Table, a mostly comic memoir of a Muslim Arab American woman just trying to fit in. Welcome. Thanks. So to begin, could you just tell us a little bit about this book? It's a memoir and um, just a little bit about what made you decide to write this book and what's what it is. I'm sorry. Um, Tell us a little bit about the book and why you decided to write it. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, as the title suggests, (laughs) it's basically a, uh, you know, kind of pretty much comic memoir of uh, an account of my growing up as an immigrant, as a Muslim immigrant in the United States. I was born in Iraq and I grew up in Kentucky and um, I just didn't, you know, as you can imagine, I didn't have anybody that was like me growing up. And um, it, you know, it, it causes a, when you're trying to constantly try to fit in and look for the, the mirror or, you know, um, the ideal of what your quote unquote should be. And, and there's not, you know, somebody who's exactly like you, you kind of, you know, you, it, it sort of leads you to kind of to go into your mind and try to, you know, analyze, you do a lot of uh, analysis, self-analysis, as well as, you know, therapy analysis. But, um, but the short answer to your question is that I, I wrote it because I thought, well, you know, it's kind of been a, a lifetime of feeling like I was on my own island and, you know, as much as I can be a chameleon and, you know, and, and sort of dip in and out of, of groups. And that's what, what, um, we moved around a lot when, when I was younger. Um, and I always joke that it's because it's what Arabs do, but, um, <laughs> it's kind of that, but also, um, we, you know, my parents just, just moving from overseas to here to the States and then from, in in from Ohio to Kentucky and then within Kentucky and then we went back overseas um, for mainly job opportunities like like most parents do and perhaps most immigrant parents do. So um, what I was left with is this feeling of just kind of always looking being on the outside looking in. And, um, you know, as I grew as I and I always thought I would, quote, unquote, outgrow it because, you know, it's something, you know, when you're young, you're all, you know, there's, kids are mean or when you're a teenager, you're awkward and, and that kind of thing. And so, you know, years later, I'm still feeling I was still feeling that way. And I thought, well, you know what, there's something to that. And I wonder if I should write something, my own experiences that could that could a help me kind of exorcise these demons or, or whatever you want to call them. And also, you know, potentially maybe somebody can connect with it. Maybe somebody who has my experience or maybe somebody who has an experience who may be similar to me, um, you know, might connect to it. And so, you know, it's kind of I, I was looking at I was looking backwards at my as at the young me, you know, if there was like a, a young acer out there, you know, who's kind of going through the same thing. I wanted I wanted her to know that, hey, here's someone else who has gone through it and you know, I turned out all right. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, it's, and, and, and I'm a writer, you know, I write, um, I, I, I've been writing in the, in the TV space and screen and screenplay space. And I found that um, most of my, most of my um, stories always revolved around, I mean, you, obviously, you know, when you write, uh, when you write, anything you write is going to be is based on, on, on your own experiences. But I found that they were literally, based on them. And, um, 
And so I just kind of, you know, thought I, I, I should put these experiences into blog form. And then that kind of morphed into essays and then that morphed into this book. And um, fortunately, uh, it, it, it was it came out. It was uh, well, it was it was written and got the attention of um, my agent at the time when a lot of people's voices were coming. All, a lot of the quote unquote, the other voices in America were coming out, you know, it was 2016. And, you know, the landscape vastly changed. Um, And so it was it was kind of it was an opportunity for me to say, look, here's my voice. And it's not necessarily going to be your voice. But here's just a different way of, you know, here's somebody else's experience. And um, it's been a really, really rewarding journey um, Mm -hmm. since the book has been out and just even talking to people as I was writing it. It's interesting that, you know, you talk about the experiences of immigration, of cultural clash, of misunderstandings, trying to fit in, racism, xenophobia, and many of those experiences, I imagine, are somewhat painful. But you chose a comic touch. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. Why is there, are there things that you can say more effectively with humor? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a comedy, well, well, you know, they always say you hide, you, everybody that hides behind their true feelings behind comedy, it's kind of a, a defense mechanism. So there is truth to that. But it's also easier to get a message across or, a, you know, a message sounds so serious, but it's also, it's just easier to, I find it easier to make well, it's twofold. So I, I think because I was always kind of wanting to fit in and, you know, the, my wet, my, uh, uh, my superpower or whatever, um, as I was going, you know, from school to school was, was my, my sense of humor and the ability to make people laugh. And so it started out being this defense mechanism. Okay. I'm going to kind of poke fun at myself because, so then you won't, have to. And it kind of disarms people in, in the way of like, you know, especially back then when, when, you know, Iraq wasn't even a household name and, you know, it's kind of like you're able to, um, you're able to, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. You might want to <laughs> pull this up. Um, let me start over. You're able to, you know, um, connect with somebody easier when you make them laugh, I feel, than, um, if it's more serious. And so it was kind of, I've always been kind I've always been, you know, tend, I have always tended towards comedy, but I also felt like the reason um, I chose, you know, to, to, to talk about a lot of the, the subjects, I think that's what you're referring to that, that it's like, it's not a very, this isn't a very serious book. I mean, there's obviously serious parts. um, But I think for me, it was, it was the fact that it was, um, I wanted, you know, first and foremost, I wanted to entertain people. I wanted to tell them a story and, um, I just naturally find things funny, (laughs) but also it was, I think looking back at it, 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 you kind of, again, going back to the whole, you know, spending so much time in my head and analyzing things, I found that, um, you know, I, I would kind of analyze them in a way where I, I'm thinking, okay, this is this seems really serious to me, 
but it's really not that serious when you compare it to X, Y, and Z. And, you know, having a mother who was always like, it could be worse. You can be, you know, people are starving and back in Iraq and, you know, what are you doing? You have McDonald's over here and that kind of thing. That kind of all always helped. It was always, it could always be worse. And so anytime I found myself going down this path of, you know, victimhood or, or you know, um, having a pity party or, or, or any of that kind of thing, I would always pull myself back and go, okay, well, where's the humor in this? And it wasn't um, a conscious thing I did. It just kind of, that was just the story, the narrative I told myself. And so it just made sense that when I was writing the book, that it would be told in that same way. Um, and then, I mean, the reality also is that I didn't, I didn't go through a lot of horrible things. I mean, that's the other part of the, 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 um, the, the question maybe is that you, you know, when, when you think about a memoir or when I would think about a memoir in the past, it was always somebody had, that had done something really serious or had, um, or important or had overcome a serious addiction or, you know, like Malala, you know, you're getting shot while trying to go to school. And so for me, and now it's totally different. Now that I, I look, there's so many comedy type books that are kind of the same flavor. But when I was writing it, I was kind of nervous that I would come across as self-aggrandizing. And um, so I just, you know, I, I, I thought, well, everything must be filtered through that, that, that narrative of comedy because everything really is, you know, if it's not if it's not life or death, then there is a, a way to find, um, you know, the humor in it. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? I feel like also, and, and you'll know, you probably notice this when I, in the book, I, I meander. And so I, <laughs> I feel like I'm also doing this in this interview. So no problem. It, it's interesting. <laughs> you worked as a writer and a producer for major film companies, Universal, Miramax, Disney. How did you end up doing this? And also, what was it like being a Muslim Arab woman working in Hollywood? That must have been a whole other set of interesting um, stories to tell. Right. Um, it, you know what? It was, um, well, first of all, so to answer your question, the, um, I, what, I, what I was doing and what I do um, as my day job is I, I'm a, a producer, a, a content, a short form content producer and editor. And what that means is, um, when it started back in, you know, in, in, when, I, when I fell into it back in um, early in 2000, it was the start of the DVD revolution. And so whenever a movie, you know, there, there would be a movie made, there would always be marketing and, and, and there's the marketing aspect to get people to watch the movie. But also, here's what happened behind the scenes, you know, and you see that now all over the place. I mean, it's, they, they call it content now. Um, it's kind of a broad term for it, but it's basically anything that, is related like ancillary pieces that are related to the film or TV show that aren't the story of that, that aren't the, t- the, the show or the, t- you know, the episode or the, the film. So um, I, you know, they're like, like promos and behind the scenes, little featurettes and, you know, web, little webisode kind of things. And they've been, they were really, it was really cool for me because I came you know, I, I was a journalist. I was a, um, uh, I wanted to be a journalist when I was um, younger, just because, you know, like my, my parents, I mean, being Middle Eastern, it was, you know, at the time it was two choices, you know, well, you can go to med school, um, 
you know, but if you, if you want to go to be a journalist, you want to, we, we want you to make money. We don't want you to be starving, you know, kind of thing. And, but it was around the time of Christian, I'm poor. And so then suddenly being a journalist, you know, had a lot of cachet. Um, so I went down that path until I realized I don't want to report things. I want to create stories and I want, you know, I want to tell, you know, I want to go more in depth. And so I came out to film school. So then the, when I, and I always had the skill of being an editor, which is kind of the flip side of being a writer. You know, it's kind of, it's the end of the line, basically. Like you're writing the story, you shoot it, and then you edit it, and you're, you're you know build, rebuilding the story that way. So, so that's how that um, happened, and it was great for me because I was making these little little movies, and you know, we always joke writers always like want to be in a dark room, and uh, or actually in a room by themselves, by ourselves writing usually at a coffee shop, but, you know, being an editor, you really are in a, in a room and you're just staring at images and, you know, for an introvert type person like me, it was great, you know, and you're creating and all of that. Um, to answer your question of what, what it was like being a Muslim, it was, it's interesting because I'm not visibly, I don't visibly present. So I think now um, the dialogue is a lot more, um, there's a lot more conversations around it. And that's why I'm loving have, talking about my book is because, there's so many different layers and it's not monolithic, but back then um, my experience, and again, I only speak about my experience because everybody has a different experience, but my experience was that people had um, one view of what it, sh- what it meant to be a Muslim. And it was that you were, you know, you covered up and that you prayed five times a day and that you, you know, um, you didn't drink and you didn't eat pork and, and, and various other things, not to get too specific about what the, what the religion, what the, um, the rules and the pillars of the religion are. But, um, you know, most of the time it wasn't really something that came up. So, you know, and we're talking like minor, minor little things like, oh, you know, well, um, there were the Jewish holidays and then there are the Christian holidays, but the Muslim holidays don't get, they didn't get, you know, attention. And so it was always, I always felt kind of um, not weird. Well, yeah, I guess weird would be the way about, you know, trying to, you know, say, hey, I have to take off for, you know, early because it's the it's Ramadan and I have to go for sundown, you know, and, and you're working in a very intense and that and this is another conversation too because I was working for you know companies like Miramax and um, it, you have very intense deadlines and they and people are they want things when they want them and so for you to say for you to be the one person that's like I gotta go, you know it's at the time because there wasn't any other conversation like that it wasn't um, it wasn't something that I really uh, I uh, I you know stood proudly for I guess is, is, uh, for lack of a better, you know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's um, interesting that like, some of those film companies that you mentioned, and I'm thinking particularly about older Disney films were responsible for creating some of the cultural stereotypes of Arab Americans, as well as storylines that distort, um, the lives of, um, Arab Muslims abroad and here in the U.S. as well. So it's an interesting position that you are in to be kind of in the heart of that. And I and I think, would you say that those depictions are changing? And do you have any do you have any way of having a conversation about what those depictions are or what are being created now? Uh, to, yeah, to answer your question, 100% they're changing. 100%, I should say, 
you know, 1000% they're changing by, by virtue of the fact that people with varying, varying experiences are speaking up. So people like, you know, me with my book, people, other people, you know, that are, that are coming forward, we're getting, I don't want to say, I I hate when people say we weren't, weren't given the chance, but there wasn't really, um, you know, because it's all, because Hollywood is TV and film is, it's a business and you want to, you want to make sure you have the audience. You want to make sure you have the eyeballs on your on your content. And so, it, you know, if if it's if it's out in society, if it's in the zeitgeist, if it's in you know um, pop culture, basically, if, if if you know there's more people that we're seeing that are different different ex, uh, religions or different experiences within the religion, it's going to show up on TV. And, and TV kind of is, is a little delayed. So we're seeing a lot of, you know, like ever since 2016, we're seeing a lot more voices, a lot more voices that are speaking out, which is great, and um, varying voices. And so you're going to – it's natural that you're going to see that in in stories that you see on, on television. Um, I think, you know, it's an, it, it, we, I've had so many conversations with other – I've been on panels with other Muslim um, creatives, uh, you know, producers and, and filmmakers – and, you know, I've, I've noticed the conversation has gotten a lot more, um, a lot more, a lot happier, a lot more positive, a lot friendlier in the sense of what you see on TV, what you see on screen. Because I feel like in the past, I mean, on the one hand, yes, uh, you know, companies put on these, like you said, put these, you know, they have these characters depicted in a certain way, and it's kind of a caricature. But also that's, that comes from only having, you know, one type of voice in, in the creative process, you know, not having the very, the, the, uh, the diversity. Um, and so it, it kind of like, how are you going to get a well-rounded character if you only have a few people giving input, you know? And, um, and so I can't really like, you know, I can't really condemn things in the past. All I can say personally is, that thank God it's getting better that it, you know, kind of, you know, and, and also in a way, like when you have, a, um, I always feel like when you have a group that's misunderstood that sometimes what you see is the caricature at first, just because you want to, I'm not saying this is right, but I'm saying that you would see the caricature because it allows, you know, um, or at least creatives, or at least the uh, executives may think that people put things in a box and they are only, ex- they, you know, like, for example, if somebody sees me maybe 20 years ago, they'd think, oh, well, wait, you're not, how are you Muslim? You don't, you, you know, you, you, know, you don't wear a hijab. You don't have this. Um, uh, you know, you don't, you don't, don't, you don't tick X, Y, and Z boxes. So how are you that, that thing? And so it, it was, you know, maybe easier back then to, say, okay, well, here, let me present an exaggerated version of it. And again, I'm not saying it's right, but I kind of understand, um, like I said, I told you I do a lot of analyzing. <laughs> I kind of understand um, in, in retrospect why that was. Now, that should not be the case anymore because, again, we have, like I said, we have all of the input. Um, we have the divert, you know, varying voices um, being able to weigh in on things where hopefully we have people in key positions in, you know, like people in the writer's room and people in the executives, people on screen. And, um, and then we have a lot of groups, like I work with um, MPAC, which is, uh, I do a lot of work with them, volunteer work, their Muslim public affairs uh, council. And they're a 
they're involved. They're just basically an organization that will go in. And if you have, if the, you know, uh, network or studio has a story that has these characters that are Muslim characters or, um, you know, Middle Eastern characters, um, they will just basically run it through their filter and just say, okay, yeah, this is accurate. This is not, maybe you should do this. And they don't, it's not, it's not like a, um, a gatekeeper or anything like that. It's just, you know, again, just having people in the community weigh in on, hey, is this accurate? And that's really all it comes down to. Again, long drawn out answer. But I think it's, it's in interesting because there's also a question here about authenticity. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot of versions of being uh, an Arab woman living in the U.S., right? And and I imagine that you, if you are one of the only voices, you are sometimes called upon to represent a, a whole group of people rather than just yourself. How do you mm-hmm. h- how do you negotiate what it means to be authentic in this context? That I love that. That's a great question. Um, I you know again going back to a few years ago, uh, there was that there was a dialogue within the Muslim community of, is it my responsibility to teach you as a non-Muslim what I stand for? And there was this whole kind of, you know, movement where a bunch of a lot of uh, people from the Muslim faith, from the community, were like, no, 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 it's not my job. I'm just here existing. I was born in, you know, in uh, Bethesda or something like that. You know, and I just, my parents happened to emigrate and I am there and here I am. It's not my responsibility to teach you. And I certainly understand that part. I personally feel like it is my responsibility to a certain extent. I think it's all of our responsibilities as human beings because, and this brings it, brings into the authenticity question is that we all have a different way of of approaching things i mean it it just it goes without saying and i'm not saying we like all you know stand in a in a in a circle and like saying you know whatever like it's around the campfire but it it really is that you when you distill it it's that simple it's just a matter of just being true to who you are and so what that i did not do when i was growing up i mean i look at these young women i look at high school kids now and i look at you know kids in their you know, elementary school, they're so much braver than I was. And, and I'm talking about people both like, you know, uh, Caucasian or, you know, African-American or Middle Eastern. Like they're just, I feel like, well, I, I shouldn't, okay, let me strike that. I, I'm, I, I, let me strike that last part. I can really only speak to people who are immigrants about their, the immigrant experience. I look at a lot of people who are immigrants now who are young, who are just, who's newly, newly emigrated, and I just feel like they're a lot more, um, they're braver and they're more open to, you know, put, put themselves out there for who they are. I did a lot of hiding. And, you know, like I said, I, I, I grew up in Kentucky and I wanted to have the bobbed hair and I wished that my name was Mindy. You know, I didn't like my name. I didn't like my, my exotic, whatever, you know my dark hair and, and all of that. I didn't like any of that. I didn't like when I was in school that people said that looked like I had mascara on. And, you know, now I'm looking back going, man, you know, you always do that when you're, it doesn't matter if you're from, if you're an immigrant or not, you look back and you go, wow, I should have, should have you know, appreciated it more. So it was, it, it, so authenticity is that authenticity is just everybody just being saying, this is who I am. And, you know, I'm loving 
am loving all of the conversations right now. And that's another reason why I wrote this book is because it's not, I'm by no means an expert on anything. This is just my story. And it doesn't really, like you said earlier, it's, it's very comedic. And I think, you know, a couple of, I, I, you know, you're not supposed to read your reviews, but I read a couple of the, of the reviews and um, a couple of the ones that were not as, as, as stellar, you know, they, they said that it, it, it didn't go deep enough or they wanted it to go deeper. And I get that because that's the thing. Like when you have these voices now, people want you to have this like, you know, serious, you know, something that, that, you know, this dark kernel that you had overcome. And, you know, my dark kernel is that I just didn't fit in and I was trying to figure out where I fit in. But I really think that that's an important conversation to have because I feel like, you know, there are so many of us that are just, you know, we could stand to be a little more authentic and, um, before I go way off, off, you probably should, should step in because I'm going to go on into a whole other thing. Okay. But, um, am I am I answering? So your your question was, um, yeah, I think I answered your question, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so at some point you talked about, you said that everyone should write a memoir. Why? Mm-hmm. Just getting back to that authenticity again. Exactly for the reason um, that you just, for the reason that they tell you, you know, uh, creative, if you're trying to break creative block or whatever, to write in a journal. When, you know, all of these various like meditation, you know, guides and all these different books say that you should, you know, journaling, how the importance of journaling is, is because you get it, you get it out there and you you know, you realize you don't, there's, there's stories that you don't know that you have until you write them down, really. Um, I, this summer, I, I, I taught a workshop on basically that, why you should, uh, write your memoir. I I was in Kentucky and, um, I had a really great group of people about maybe 12, 12 to 15. And I have to say all, but maybe like three of them came, started their pitch. They, because we had to go around the room and explain all of that. Most of them said, well, I'm not really that interesting, but and then they'd launch into the most fascinating story that I'd ever heard, you know, and um, and it's just it's it's interesting because that was exactly what I thought when I was reading when I was writing my book. I thought, well, who who cares? Who's going to care, really? Um, and I think that for me, the humor, I thought that was my saving grace because I thought, well, okay, I'll be funny at least. But what I found out the hard way, the first version of the book that went out, um, is that. You, you can't, you know, people aren't going to buy humor if it's not authentic. And, you know, the, the first draft, I was lucky enough, my agent sent it out to a couple of publishers and they, they came back with some, um, you know, very, very helpful uh, feedback. And I'm so glad that I, that I, I was, I'm so fortunate to have gotten it, but it was basically, you know, the humor is getting in her way. And I realized I've got to, you know, I've got to dig deeper. And, you know, if me as a writer and I, you know, I thought I was putting myself out there, wasn't even doing that to begin with. I had to go deeper. Um, it's just, it's just, I just, I think it's just, just a great way. If you're a writer, I think if you're, especially if you're a creative, if you're an actor, uh, author, writer, even fiction, the more you get to know yourself, the more it informs your stories. I feel like when I was writing, 
you know, when I'm writing television or, or screenplays, you can hide behind the character. You know, I'm writing behind a person named, you know, Summer or, or Sarah. You know, it's not me. And so you can kind of pull punches a little bit, right? Um, but when you're writing as yourself, you can't. You can't. Like, you can't make up anything. You know, you can, you obviously, you're, you're hiding people. You're, you're not using their real names and stuff. But still, like, somebody's going to come back. You cannot... You know, it's it's too much of a web if you try to fictionalize something that should be fact, um, and it's 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 inauthentic as well. So again, long drawn out answer, but this is why I think everybody should write their memoir. And by that I mean like you don't have to write a whole thing and publish it, but um, you know, write it so that you know, like if you're writing, like you you know, you're you're we all start think, we're thinking now in terms of story, right? In terms, everything is narrative. It's like, what is your story? What is your journey? And so it's such a great way to know yourself. And, you know, I mean, I think even like in therapy and some aspects are like, you know, you, you create the story of yourself. It's such a, it's such a great tool um, that, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of it because you find that when you start to write and you really let yourself go, then you find these these things in there that maybe you didn't know in a day to day. You know, when you're like going, brushing your teeth and going to work, and you're you know, coming back, and everything's so regimented. Do you know what I mean? It, it just shakes your brain a little bit. I've been talking today to Acer Salman, who is the author of The Wrong End of the Table, a mostly comic memoir of a Muslim Arab American woman trying to fit in. I am Suzanne Legrand, and this is Disobedient Femmes.